0: are watching through youtube the angle of the camera facing me today is different so it's gonna be i'm gonna have to remind myself to look in that direction because we have chris as our guest today say hello baby how's it going and so uh it would just be easier because he's the one that controls everything to have the camera set up in one spot so all right let's do today's intro and i'm glad i introduced you because um there's like two things on here that you probably have something to say so first update parasite update
1: worm update
0: worm update um i think i told you guys i had just started it and i did see little rice things on
1: thursday the last when did we record the last one
0: uh i don't remember i don't remember
1: either it was probably like two days in i think right yeah
0: but i think i had already told them that i saw um little like white um right like rice in it (laughs) (laughs) Am I? Uh, when I went to the restroom and, um, yeah, that was it guys. I didn't really see anything else. I honestly stopped. You're supposed to take it for like 10 days. I stopped at like day seven. I just feel like for me, it wasn't really, I guess I thought that I was, had more parasites, but not really.
1: Yeah. I mean, I saw the same just like little, little Maggie looking things like little wormies, but
0: thankfully we didn't see like these huge ass as bad as my
1: stomach was. I thought I was going to see like one of those long motherfuckers, but (laughs) I don't know. I might keep going until I see one of them. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Who knows? How's
0: your stomach been? Do you think?
1: Uh, We're doing better, I think.
0: Do you think it's made a difference?
1: Something made a difference. I don't know if it's that, Mm -hmm. but my stomach's better now. So,
0: okay. I I didn't feel too much of a difference, guys. I guess. I don't know. Unless you're really struggling, maybe. But
1: I also started getting on my shit again, like actually eating like proper meals, proper nutrition. So that could have also been it.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to do it, it's not bad, right, at all. Like, you're not going to have diarrhea where you can't hold it in. No, it wasn't wasn't bad at all. So, if you want to do it to yourself and it's just you take – we did the dropper, we put it in juice. Like, I did, like, sugar-free mango juice. So, um, yeah, we did it in the morning, midday, and night, and it was super easy. I mean, it's – people are like, it's so disgusting. Yeah, if you put it in your mouth, straight in your mouth, it's disgusting. Or with
1: water. I tried it with water once.
0: Because it just (laughs) tastes like – it tastes like – what did we say?
1: Um, Uh – Oregano,
0: oregano. Yeah, it tastes like oregano. Like if you literally took oregano in your mouth. So it's not like a nasty flavor. It's just very earthy oregano. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's the parasite update. I just wanted to update you guys because um, I know a lot of you girls had questions. All right. Number two reminders of him by colleen hoover i finished the book i read 30 chapters on friday guys i was like listen chris i need to just stay home i did my spin in the morning i did all my cleaning earlier in the day and then i was like i just want to sit and read and in my mind i was like okay i'm only gonna read like 10 chapters because i had only read like to chapter three like the week before and i was like okay i really want to finish this book So I was like, I'm just going to reach till chapter 10. No, girlfriends. I read till chapter 30 on Friday. I could not put the book down.
1: Yeah, for those for guys watching this, so this is pretty much a porno book. It is
0: not this one's not so, so much of a porno book. Jasmine
1: goes into the room and locks herself like literally no. locks herself in the room. So I, I don't go, lock myself. I, I go in, make sure that there's no toys in the bed with her or anything.
0: No, 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 no. Guys. No. Hey, guys. This one's it's not, a porno book. No, it's not a porno what they, book. What do they
1: call it on on Prince? he's like porno right yeah he's, he's like what is it
0: he's like you're reading the victor, a porno. No, the, wait, no, yeah it? the vikram
1: no, no no oh god
0: oh what is it on friends Ah, so,
1: oh, whatever move on what,
0: what what was it it is like the vikram isn't it not no, vikram, no, 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 no vikram is the <laughs> fake the fake boyfriend <laughs> oh yeah hello this is vikram <laughs> i can't i know oh, what you're god, talking about whatever oh fuck move on Damn, uh, it's on the tip of my tongue because we just watched, you just some watched of those, that so.
1: episode too. I
0: know. Uh, anyways, um, God damn, that pisses me. Off. You should have brought it up. Uh, so, anyways, uh, yeah. So I was just in the room. This one actually didn't have like crazier. I think like uh, crazier sex scenes. The other ones that I've read are like crazier. But it was such a good book. So I read to chapter thirty on Friday, and then I read like three more chapters on Saturday because Saturday was my busy day, and then I finished it yesterday, which had like four chapters because there's only like forty chapters in the book. So good. So, so, so good. I I love this book. I was crying at the end. I will say, like, it's probably my number two because It Ends With Us is still my favorite. And then Verity is like, those are my top three. It Ends With Us, Reminders of Him and Verity. Top three, Colleen Hoover books. If you haven't read them, fucking read them. They're just so good. But I feel like they're so good and I get so involved that i feel like i leave a piece of me like a chunk of me when i finish this book i'm like heartbroken or i don't know i feel like this emptiness in my heart even though like nothing happened but i just feel so attached to these characters but just wanted to update you guys on that i have another book um it's by taylor jenkins Reid. um it's i can't remember what it was called uh Uh, something loves
1: first loves first
0: loves or something something like like that that. i'm gonna start reading that one true first loves true first loves
1: Something like that. Chris helped know, me pick it out, but it. Uh, I did, I did well, not you didn't help, you. help me,
0: but you were there with me. Um, you're like, oh, no, I didn't help you pick right, out. that out. Uh, but I still have like uh, more self help help books that I want to read before that one. And my schedule's just been super busy, but I'm gonna do my best to read that one soon. All right, third intro, no evil. We finally posted finally. on no evil, and well,
1: we haven't posted yet. We were supposed to on post the, the stories. Report. Oh yeah, we teased it.
0: We teased our drop, and we. Think it's gonna be this week, right?
1: Yeah, so mm-hmm. it'll probably be f- Friday, Fridays, Friday, is what Friday we- or Saturday.
0: Yeah, just so saying, by the time the this is
1: live, it'll probably be tomorrow. So follow the page, No yeah. Evil Dot Label, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, help us uh, spread the message and rock our rock our product.
0: Yeah, so um, we're launching two new t-shirts. They are very good, heavy quality material. And then soon, your girl's going to be launching that jewelry. And you ladies know, if you got the Guardian bracelets, they sell out super quick. So make sure that um, you guys go and check out the, the page. And I will say this with jewelry, and I'll go into it more later. Everything I make is customized, guys. I don't just take something from, you know... Forever 21 and i'm like i'm gonna make this exact green like I customize it because as you guys know i'm very um, Attracted to the evil eye. I love the protection I feel like it gives me when I wear that piece and and so I wanted to Incorporate that into my line and as you guys know if you've had the guardian bracelet or my um, Pendant that's what it was. So we're going to keep that theme and and I love the products that i'm launching are just absolutely amazing So keep tuned that and follow the page all right and lastly i just wanted to bring up transcend so i had a call with them last week and if you guys don't know what transcend is as i mentioned it before it's a company that helps you with your hormones so i have the link in my um, ig i highly recommend that you guys reach out to them if you're having any hormonal issues any sex drive issues any fatigueness anything like that that could be really related to your hormones Definitely recommend that you hit them up. I, um, guys I mean, or girls. Guys or girls, yeah. And they're helping both of us yeah. out. Um, I've just had a lot of... Um, uh Side effects with the stuff that I'm on, so it's it's a trial and error process. Like I've mentioned, like you're they're not gonna get your medication spot on every time, and so it's gonna it's gonna it's a process. It's gonna take some time to figure out what dosage is, is best for you. But I just had a call with them and they corrected my dosage for my body, and I'm excited to see the changes that I'm gonna make um, with this new dosage because uh, as you guys know, I was taking some progesterone and I think it was a little too high for me. So there's um not that I think it was a little high for me. So So there's a lot of changes that we made, but highly recommend that you guys hit them up. Um, My hunger has been amazing. I do feel like overall, I just feel better. So highly recommend that you guys hit them up if you are concerned at all with your hormones. Yeah, I mean,
1: you don't necessarily have to work with them, but it is a good first step. Like you don't know what's wrong with you until you get blood work. And they're really good about breaking down every single part of what a blood panel looks like uh and that way if you just when you know want to dress whatever you want to dress on your own or if you do want their help and guidance to you know really get to that optimized level of performance and that's completely up to you but uh definitely take the first step at mm-hmm. least do the blood work and then from there you know your choice
0: yeah i have a lot of girls who signed up you know with me and i have a lot of guys also that signed up with like my links yeah and,
1: and uh, i mean i know that this is the case for a lot of people you know you you uh You develop healthy habits you go start going to the gym but sometimes you just don't lose weight and sometimes it's because it's something internal it's not anything that you could do externally like you could work your ass off on the cardio machine eat properly but if your hormones aren't balanced then nothing's going to happen so you really want to make sure that everything is set up for you to be successful and why not start with blood work
0: right i agree okay all right so that's it for our intro today
1: so oh, and also dark sport launch this sunday oh, okay. i didn't know if you wanted yep. to mention that plug it okay dark sport <laughs> okay
0: yeah so dark sport launch is this sunday code jazzy 10 saves you 10 at checkout and it supports your girl and honestly i've just i i they just posted a video on the dark sport page of me and like the amount of reposts that i got from you girls are just It literally like I was kind of tipsy when they put. Well, they posted it like earlier the day, and then I had one of my friends reach out to me uh, while I was out on Saturday, and they're like, "Oh my God, girl! Like I'm just so proud of you!" And like I just I rewatched the video several times, and I'm like, "Wait, let me go check the video." And then I had like literally my DMs were flooded with girls like reposting the video, and it just like I was in my car like holding back tears because we had Art and Brett in the car, and I was like, "I don't want to cry right now in front of everyone." (laughs) I'm a little tipsy, and when I'm a little tipsy, I'm like super happy, super grateful. That's when I cry the most about my life. And I'm just like, I'm so happy to be here. And I feel like everything just hits me when I'm a little tipsy. And I'm just so, so grateful for everyone who, who supported me, you know, going into this new brand who, you know, I'm not a competitor. I was a little nervous, but everyone's just accepted me with so much love. And it's just amazing. And I just, you know, I do not like I, I, you know, I, I don't mean this lightly when I say I appreciate every single one of you girls who supports me, who reposts me. Like, I just, you know, I'm so grateful for each and every one of you, and the the love and support that you guys give me is just so so amazing. So, thank you. And the drop is rather
1: God, my, rather my, die standing. Yeah,
0: my brain just had a brain fart. Rather die standing. So it's this Sunday. It's always at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. No so it's uh eight p.m central standard time and like i've said before please be on your laptop on your phone ready to go beforehand yeah
1: stuff sells out within minutes and also follow michael Mm -hmm. seville i don't know if that's his username yeah but the owner of dark sport because sometimes he posts a early access code and you definitely want to be there for that if possible Mm
0: -hmm. so yeah there you go and if you do take a screenshot tag me i'll repost you on my page and um yeah all right so today's topic. I'm really excited about this topic because it's something I feel like we should have talked about I guess like earlier in the podcast between me and you, but I think it's we just I guess just brushed it off or something brushed that was
1: understood but it's not where I I think the more we're interacting with people and the more we observe people we're seeing that that's not the case at all.
0: Right. So Today, Chris and I are here to talk about breaking cultural boundaries. And obviously, the culture we're going to talk about is
1: our Hispanic, our, our
0: Hispanic culture. Um, and, you know, it does differ. I want to say, like, please don't think that we're talking specifically about every single Mexican or every single Hispanic, but for the majority. OK, so, you know, cultural standards play an essential part of one's upbringing and the way they view life um, and with everything, you know, relationships, career, literally just about everything depending on your culture, you have a view of, of things. Um, and you know, it's also why sometimes, you know, certain people bond with other people better based on their culture. You know, I feel like, I don't want to say like as a Hispanic, I only bond with Hispanics or as a white, you know, a white person, American person, you're supposed to bond with them or a black person just with black. But for the most part, like you do like, there's this unsaid kind of bond with your same cultural and, um, yeah. So You know, as a Mexican-American, there are many cultural characteristics that have taken part of my life that has shaped me into who I am today. And I will say mostly because I've been against almost all of them. And, um, you know, and I'll go into detail about that. But there are several characteristics that I continue to witness in other people's life. And that's why we just want to take a moment to talk about them today. The three cultural characteristics that we're going to talk about today are going to be work ethic. Your role in relationships and your view as success in the, I guess, Mexican culture. All right. So as Latinos, depending on how our parents were raised and if we're first generation, which I am, or second generation, Chris is. So this is going to be a good viewpoint for you guys. Our cultural expectation of hard work is one that is difficult to break, especially if you are unaware that it could be affecting you. So I'm going to go into my background a little bit and then I'll let Chris go into his background. So. For me, you know, I'm first generation. My mom and my dad were raised in Mexico. You know, like my dad was raised, they were both raised in a very small town um, where they literally, everything they had to do was like with their hands. My mom had a tortilla, like make tortillas by hand, had to pick beans by hand. Like she had to do everything by hand. And my dad was the same. He, my my grandfather owned like uh, cattle. So he would have to go and tend to the cattle and do everything like, just labor work. Everything was by hand. And, you know, back in the day, that's how it was back, um, in Mexico. And so when they came to the US, I think uh, part of them knew, felt like that's, you know, what they had to do. Um, I think my dad did have an entrepreneur mindset and that's when he built the restaurant. And so, you know, my sisters and I, we grew up in the restaurant business and we were there literally every single day, Monday through Sunday, until I literally convinced my dad, hey, we need to start closing Sundays because. We have no life like we were there every single day um, in the summers. I spent every 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 day in like this little room until I was able to work. And then my dad put me in, as a hostess and then he transferred me to cashier and then he transferred me to a waitress. And then I was a waitress last slash manager. So I literally grew up in the restaurant like I never really besides like the fact that I wanted to do cross country and stuff. I never like attended football games. I never did anything outside of working um and you know i with my parents it was like if you're not working you know you're you're being lazy like at all the free time that you have you need to be working in the restaurant working with your hands attending to you know what's bringing us income and i i will say my parents you know they wanted me to get good grades but they never were like let me check your homework let me make sure you're you know you're you're making straight a's and probably because they didn't have A clue what my homework was about or anything, but you know, I, I was pushed to work hard with my hands versus you know with schoolwork or expel or excel in sports or anything like that. So for me growing up, my parents put a lot of pressure into doing things with my hands, into doing things at work versus in school or extracurricular activities. But I know that for Chris, it was different, right?
1: It was significantly different. Yeah. Okay.
0: So what was your background?
1: All right. So my mom is Mexican. She was born in Mexico, raised in Mexico. I think she uh, crossed the river (laughs) when she was like 17. And then she ended up in LA. My dad was uh, born in LA, lived a little bit of time in Mexico, I think like a year or two as a little taller. But then uh, he was raised in L.A. for the majority of the part uh, of his childhood. And uh, he was he was raised, you know, how, he wasn't even raised. He raised himself. Uh, he kind of just was taken in by a family member, and he kind of just had to figure things out for himself. So he grew up all his life, you know, just doing labor work. And even to this day, he's still in a, you know, he's still in a factory, in a carpet factory, which where we're from, that's all there is. Uh, so growing up, my dad... All he ever knew was labor and he knew that he never wanted that for me so growing up he always like demanded excellence in anything that i did so he always expected a's and b's um in sports if i wasn't starting if i wasn't fucking hitting more baseballs or catching freaking fly balls or uh whatever it may be he he rode my ass hard and you know i think to this day it paid off because even even on my own, that's still the standard that I set for myself. Um so he never wanted me to work. Yeah, I was um, gonna say that. You know. But I I took on summer jobs, but it was just for the sake of having money in my pockets. Um but he never wanted me to work in a factory. He always uh wanted me to be some sort of dentist a lawyer or, or something, because he knew that here in America, you know, there was an opportunity to do things outside of of labor to not use your hands. He always yeah, I think that's what he told me. He's like, don't use your hands, use your head. And that was something he always instilled in me and I think, you know, it's something that I've always grown up to growing grown up with as well is don't work harder, work smarter. Figure out how you could make more money doing less. And to this day it's still something that I tell Jasmine, "Hey, you know, how can we make more money but not spend so much time?" actually working and i think we've kind of figured it out you know as our ventures uh take its different roles we do have to obviously assume more responsibilities but that's part of it but we've come to a really good point to where i haven't had to use my hands yeah we've used our heads to make money
0: yeah and i'm I will say that so it's very different um going from how i was raised so my dad it's and it's when I think back at it, like my dad was never either like, oh, you need to like not work because you're going to be the fem- female and the you're going to marry into, uh, you know, someone and you're going to take care of their household. It, my dad just always wanted uh, me to work. I mean, you met me and I was working at the restaurant. That was the first <laughs> thing you, you know. I met her met. at the
1: restaurant. Yeah.
0: So I always was used to working. So when my dad, so when I met Chris, you know, his dad was very like no, you're not going to work. I'm going to give you money. And you took summer jobs because you love car parts. You like bikes. You wanted, you know, dates for us. You want, didn't want to ask your dad for money. And, and, you know, but with my dad, when I first, when he first met Chris, I think that was something that he disliked oh, yeah, because sure. he was like, why doesn't he work? Why doesn't he have a job? He should be working like with his hand somewhere versus his dad was like, no, I want him to excel in school. And like Chris was top in your school. Um, so, you know, it was just, it, it was very different when we met and having to accept that social standard of, oh, I have to marry someone who's going to, especially my dad, like, you know, he loves the outdoors and he, ex- I guess, expected me to marry someone yeah. who loved the outdoors, loved, the fucking cows and horses and stuff you're not very much like that that. you don't fuck with any of that so you know it was very different so then when i met chris he kind of opened my mind on that and he was like you know we need to work smarter not harder because for a long time i was like okay like You know, I know we worked multiple jobs to get to where we're at now. Like I've mentioned before, I did makeup, I did waitressing, I did online training. And I think that was part of our journey and it needed to happen. But then we got to the point where we were really good with online training and I was trying to add more stuff to our plate. And he was like, why are you trying to add more stuff for you to be busier? Let's work smarter. Let's see what we can do, how we can make money when we're not working, when we're asleep. And he was thankfully the one that kind of pushed me into that that mindset and to be like, OK, shit, like I don't have to be busting my ass every day to make money or to feel like I'm working hard because, you know, there was also a time when we were doing online training and we had way more free time than I ever had even growing up. Like, I think once we moved here and we, we focused all our energy into online training and working from home, it was so different, guys, for me, because I was never home growing up. Like, I was always working. So when I had free time, I'd be, like, like scratching my head. And, like, he would be like, why are you anxious? I'm like, because I'm not doing enough. Because I'm not doing, I need to be doing more. I need to be doing more with my hands. And I think that's also why I'm such a, like, I'm so passionate about being active. Because I feel like that's my way of kind of, like, getting out my energy and, in the sense, working. But it was so different. Coming from my family and Chris's family because I am first generation and that's what my my dad was taught to do and he was more taught no like you're, and till this day like even with your siblings that's the number one thing that your dad tells them is work smarter you know your 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 siblings never really had to work yeah none of my yeah.
1: si- none of my siblings are forced to work but you know my parents do have like a standard you know you have to have good grades you have to have like a future planned out if you don't have any of that they're not gonna just. That you'd be a bum.
0: Right, so right. So all
1: my siblings, thankfully, are, you know, they're pretty smart. Uh I'm pretty sure at least two of them are smarter than me. One of them I don't know too well. <laughs> like, as far as intelligence, Camila. Uh, like, my youngest sister, you know, she's she's the baby of the family. I really didn't grow up too much with her. So I don't know, like, I know she's smart, but I don't know how, how smart. smart she is. But my other two brothers, I feel like sometimes they're, they're probably smarter than I am. And, you know, Brandon, my youngest brother already has his career and uh, Julian is following in his footsteps to do kind of the similar same things that he's in college and track to graduate, which, you know, I didn't even set that example mm-hmm. of graduating, but they're still doing it themselves just because my parents, you know, push it that much on them. <laughs> yep.
0: We're not going to go into what my sisters do.
1: because
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's different. Um, I think. Yeah, I don't know. My parents don't even really push my sisters to work as much as I did. I think it's because I was the oldest, guys. It just falls differently on, yeah. on the oldest child in our culture, too. But, you know, it's it's harder for, our, like, that generation to be happy with their work. Like, I feel like they're always constantly having to work or they're just not, in their head, they're not good enough. And, you know, it, I think it also stems from like, I don't ever think my grandfather ever told my dad he was proud of him or good job, you're putting in good work. Yeah. It was almost, it was always like, you need to do more. You need to tend to this. You need Why are you, why are you sitting down? You need to be doing that. And so that, you know, that's what my parents were raised in us, especially my dad, that's what he was raised in. And so that's the way that he kind of raised us. And I think there's still a lot of people in our culture that are raising their kids like that. And that's why we were like saying we're, we're seeing, uh, you know, people in our circle who s- still have those same characteristics who are like they could be focusing their attention on things that aren't so much labor work but because they have that instilled in them that they have to go and bust their ass in like something demanding with their hands that's their focus you know yeah do you have anything to say to that
1: well i think that's well uh just to uh, recover what are the topics we're talking about so is it, ethic. Is worth ethic, worth ethic
0: uh-huh relationships and success Do you want to save something for success?
1: Well, yeah, it's because, I mean, what I had to say kind of has to do with success, I guess.
0: But I so this one was more for like hard work and working hard with your labor hands. Yeah. Yeah. So,
1: I mean, there was even the time, you know, where we me and Jasmine were already making decent money. And even my own dad, you know, he saw that we were at home all day. Yeah. And he he was like, what are you guys doing with your lives? And Mm -hmm. we're like, we're trying to make a living. And he would still get an office job. Go work, yeah. as a, go get insurance, go this. Like he would push jobs on me just because sometimes there's not that understanding between what's going on and, and what your parents see. So, I mean, you kind of just have to be sure of your own path and, and understand that just because their expectations of what working is does not mean that you're not working. Yeah, if no, if you're,
0: you're not working hard enough. Yeah, because yeah. there was several times until literally we got the house. Cause remember at the apartment they would call us not just your parents my parents why don't you guys open up a restaurant why don't you guys do this why don't you guys do that and I'm like mom I don't have the time she's like but you're home all the time I'm like (laughs) but you don't understand what I'm doing so it's it's very hard and like the other part of this has a little bit to do with that but yeah it was until recently that I think they got a clearer understanding that kind of they they kind of leave us alone and trust that we know what we're doing but you know we're here to tell you that. You don't necessarily have to be busting your ass with your hands in order to be successful and to be considered and to consider yourself as a hard worker nowadays. All right. So let's go into relationship standards. All right. So in the Hispanic culture, and I will say this is not everyone. Like, so I don't want to be fucking you guys calling me out that you're saying that everyone because it's not. But You know, especially when I was growing up, my mom always told me like, you always do what the man says. The man is the, you know, household leader, you know, and it was this is how it was in her time. And this is what she kind of passed on to me. And, you know, um, in a lot of the marriages, the husband is the breadwinner. He's the one that goes off to work, a labor job, five in the morning. The wife gets up, makes him breakfast, makes him his lunch, sends him off. She tends to the house cleans the house, does the laundry, tends for the kids. The dad comes home. There should be a meal prepped for him, his laundry done, everything done for this man. And, you know, I will say that, you know, some do tend to their children and some don't. But the woman is in charge of the household and the kids. And, you know, I feel like it's in charge of her to entirely do everything, you know. And in my house, it was like that. Like I... My except for my dad obviously he didn't have like a labor job but he left to the restaurant we ate a lot at the restaurant but when we were at home my mom did all the cooking in the house and you know I never really helped her because my mom I think because growing up in the restaurant I was not at home as much and all the food was there so when my mom cooked it was like Enchiladas and things that I didn't really, I, I don't know, I didn't really care to learn. And she never really was like, hey, come in the kitchen and help me, kind of thing. And so she did it all by herself. Besides, you know, my room and stuff when I was older to clean, she cleaned up, sh- she cleaned everything by herself. My dad would just get home and eat. And literally, my dad is the type, and I'm not, you know, calling out my dad. And but my this is my dad. This is how he was raised. He would get home, go shower from the restaurant, leave his clothes on the floor because God forbid he picks up his clothes, goes to the kitchen, eats, grabs a beer, sits on the sofa and watches TV. And that was my dad's daily routine. My dad never really interacted with us. My dad, besides when we were, you know, what my mom tells me when I was younger, that you know, my dad would play with us and stuff. But my dad never did like... like he never really, besides if we ate together, interacted with us socially. Um, you know, Chris's parents they did like booby nights and game nights and things like that. My family didn't, so it was my mom's responsibility to have all those things done, and and that's kind of how you know we were raised. How I know your way of being raised was completely different to that.
1: Yeah, my household was completely different. So. Yeah. Uh, both my parents worked they both worked labor jobs different times almost opposite shifts at some point Uh, but my dad would always help around the house he would do the laundry Mm -hmm. he would sweep he would mop he would he would help my mom with everyday chores he would wash dishes the only thing he wouldn't do but he does now is cook Um, but he would help with everything and I saw that around the house and you know I would help my mom out too whenever I could Uh, my dad was very involved with my family with her uh, and the same for my mom both of them would support us in everything that we did they yeah. encouraged us um believed in everything that we did and
0: I mean yeah it was different I mean even like different. when I met him like I knew like for me I was a woman so I was like okay I if I wanted to go out Saturday I would have to make sure my room was entirely clean so did he he would literally get up Saturdays and make his bed wash his sheets vacuum his room clean his the bathroom that they shared, like, he, his mom, like, taught him some amazing skills. He ironed by himself and, and things like that. Whereas, you know, we were taught that as females, but I'm pretty sure if I would have had a brother, it would have been, like, every Hispanic culture household where it's, yeah. like, like that video the I showed you. What do you, you want to eat? Them. Blah, 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 blah. Like, you know, that's how it was. And so when I met him, you know, going back... I know I was raised in that, but I always knew I didn't want that for myself. You know, on the contrary, you know, I think a lot of people grow up in that and see that and they're like, okay, this is my life. This is what I'm going to marry to. I was like, hell no, like I do not want this. I don't I would see how stressed my mom was. And I'm like, I want to marry someone who is going to. T- pick up the load with me. He was gonna help me out because you know, I carried my own weight So I wanted someone to match me So when I met chris and the fact that he would sweep and that he would vacuum and that he would iron his clothes my mom irons all my dad's clothes like we would have to iron my dad's clothes on thursdays because My mom would be at work and she'd be like your mom your dad needs all these clothes by tomorrow So make sure you iron them and you know at the time my mom would take only like his dress shirts to the dry cleaner but all his like everyday shirts we had uh, either my mom ironed it or I would because she would be so tired and when I was older I would pick up the on the cues like I'm going to help my mom out but when I met Chris it was so different and I think that's one of the biggest things that attracted me to him is that he was always so so helpful to his mom too so you know like when we got together in our relationship he all he already knew what to do. And I think it was like a trial and error in certain things. Like, you know, obviously you don't like to wash dishes. I wash
1: dishes. Shit grosses me out, man. He does
0: laundry because I fucking hate doing laundry. But anytime, you know, I'm cleaning, Chris is like, what can I do, babe? And even sometimes he doesn't even ask me. He'll go pick up the, the vacuum and he'll vacuum the couch. He'll vacuum all the floors. Once he's done and if he sees that I'm still cleaning, he's like, what else do you need help with, babe? Let me help you so that you can sit down too. So I feel like it's always been this understanding of like, you can help me and to this day guys i've never ironed a shirt for chris he's the one that irons for me yeah, I, I, like, I iron for you he irons for me and so if i were to tell my dad that he'd be like what like that's just the how they see things and even like to the point of I don't cook in the household you cook. Yeah. And I know that in the beginning, I think that your parents did judge me a little bit on that because your mom does cook in your household. And you know, as a Latina, you're expected to know how to cook and especially expected to know how to cook the hard shit, the enchiladas, how to make a, ho- a homemade salsa. I don't know how to make a homemade salsa, girlfriend. I go to the store and get one. And so when he would start cooking and people would be like, Oh, so who cooks? And I'm like, Chris cooks like, and he doesn't cook the enchiladas I don't, I, don't, yeah, and stuff. I, don't,
1: I don't know how to do none of that shit and even if i did it we wouldn't be eating that's, it. that's not the stuff like, we eat yeah, yeah like but i cook what we eat
0: so it was it was i think at first harder for them to understand that but then they understood that that wasn't our lifestyle like we don't eat enchiladas and like things like that because we are all so like strict on our meal plan but if we're gonna cook chris is the one cooking the chicken or co- cooking the steak or whatever and i'm like doing extra shit, like cutting the stuff up or, or washing dishes, my sous chef, I'm your sous chef. But you know, it's, it's, I love the relationship that we have. And I love that we, you know, kind of set a new standard for our relationship. And if we ever have kids, you know, we have set a new standard for them because, um, you know, we're not, we don't play these gender roles and you never treated me like that. You never,
1: I mean, you, you, you have to think it's like, what's going to, How do you get to your goal faster? If one person is working towards that goal or if two people are trying to tackle that goal, you're going to get there faster with two people. It's fucking common sense. So at the end of the day, everything that you do in a relationship is is a team. Like no one person should assume the responsibility for one task, whether that's in the house or outside of the house. If you tackle something together, you're going to figure it out together. You're going to get there quicker and probably better because you have two people thinking about it two people who could problem solve two people who could come up with a solution a lot faster than one person can
0: no i agree
1: so i mean honestly guys times have changed like i i completely believe in you know a man should protect his woman which at the end of the day a man has to fucking be a man if a guy touches up on your girl you better beat the fuck out of him like like that's that's your role as a man like as as the stronger person in the relationship generally speaking because i know there's some pretty strong as females out there but your role is to protect that that woman but by no means is your role to fucking sit around in the couch and just fucking bum all day no help out your partner you know figure out how you could help be more beneficial figure out what their wants and needs are it's not just about the guy like yeah that's yeah
0: and i think that's the thing like people are i'm really glad people are moving that direction and the the times have changed but you know thankfully with Chris like yeah like like you said we can tackle things a lot faster so that they, then we can spend more time together versus I'm stressed out I don't end up wanting to go out and then it goes back to sex dudes too like some of these dudes expect sex and you haven't even like fucking helped your your wife's been fucking busting her ass all day yeah like no so it's it's about helping the other partner and vice versa like when chris is outside and he's washing the car or anytime he's ever cut the grass i'm out there helping him if he's cleaning the car i'm out there vacuuming the car i'm out there you know shining the tires i'm out there helping him because like he said we can finish it faster if we do it together as a team and it's like Things have changed, like you said, and we actually just watched a video uh with a singer. If you're a Latino, you know who I'm talking about, Arcangel, where he said, "You know, things have changed, and it's it's different now. It's a cool it's it's cool to now be like." It what was talking
1: he- about why Bad Bunny is as, is as successful as he is now. Yeah, and it's because he's attentive to the woman's wants and needs as opposed to. The machismo. The machismo reggaeton where it's like, oh, suck on my dick, blah, 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 grind on me, make me feel good. Instead, Bad Bunny's like, baby, let me caress you. Let me yeah. fulfill your wants. Let me eat you up. And yeah. so I mean, you know, society ch- changes. It can't yeah. stay the same.
0: And he was saying too, like, now it's cool to be like, what do you need, mommy? <laughs> what time you want me home, mommy? Like, it's asking you, it's no so more, it's not so much, hey, I'm going out with my boys. And like see you later. It's babe, can can I go out with my boys? I'm gonna go out with my boys. Having
1: And pay- by no means does that make you a Mandilon.
0: Yes, it's, I know It's showing
1: respect for yes. your other for your, your partner. Yeah. And this should be about respect.
0: And if someone's calling you a Mandilon, be like, bro, at least I'm happy in my fucking relationship. I think some, some dudes are like, You're such a Mandilon. Who gives a fuck? I'm happy with my marriage. How's your fucking marriage? How's your wife when you come home? Like it, it I I hate that one and thankfully I, I think with all our friends none of them ever say oh you're such a mandilon because to be honest I think all, all the girls that I'm around where like you guys ask us a lot for like our opinion I know that you don't do anything without I mean even to his guy friends he's like I don't know I gotta, I gotta talk to the wifey I gotta talk to the boss he, he says that in front of everyone he's not embarrassed to say that and it's not necessarily it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm the fucking boss because I don't think I'm the boss but His opinion, my opinion matters to him and his opinion matters to me. And I think that's the best way to, you know, be in a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I just wanted to talk about that because, you know, things have changed. And I know, thankfully, a lot of couples have progressed. But, you know, if your significant other is still in old times, you know, sit down with them and talk to them and be like, hey, like, help me out more. Let's be a team versus you versus you, because my. I will say this. My parents are still back in those old times. And there's a lot of arguments. There's a lot of like, I get frustrated. So I try not to spend so much time there. And I've learned to let things go with my dad. Chris has helped me with that. I'm just like, dad, come on. Because my dad is just my dad.
1: Stubborn as hell. He's
0: stubborn as hell. He's not going to change. And sometimes I do get mad because my mom is so tired. on I'm like, dad, pick up your damn underwear. Like, yeah, you go, can do it.
1: And going back to gender roles, like in a relationship, you guys are a team you're on the same fucking team so if you're arguing realize that you're on the same team as opposed to like if you have this machismo attitude it's your opinion versus their opinion mm-hmm. and that's when you just argue and argue and argue
0: yeah it's more it's he said she said you did this wrong i did this wrong and there's a lot more you know arguments that way and i will say this too like i think not so much i i, I don't want to say it's also just a cultural thing but like dudes love up on your woman it's okay to be lovey-dovey with her it's okay to touch you touch her it doesn't make you any less of a man to give your woman a hug to tell her you appreciate her because you know growing up i didn't see that in my household and to be honest i think that's a still a part of your household because i don't think we've ever yeah, I've, seen, I've seen
1: i never seen i never saw it too much
0: like yeah i think chris and i have kind of changed that where you know when we're together we're we're not PDAing but he holds my hand he gives me massage and you've actually started to do that more towards your mom and showing her more of that care and it's a good thing to show that the women in your life that you appreciate them and that you care for them that doesn't make you any less of a man so just wanted to state that all right and so finally success views all right so i'm going to go over my view so you know i think obviously my parents were immigrants they they have their own conception of what success is and what is achievable to them. To them as a immigrant coming to the US, I think they had the standard of what they were going to be able to achieve in life. You know, I did think, you know, my dad, not that I think, I know my parents moved to the US to get a better life because they wanted to be, make a better life for themselves. And my parents actually grew up in the same town, but they, started dating here in the u s and then um they lived in Chicago and they moved out of Chicago to Georgia for a better life because my my dad was too much in the the gangs back in the day in Chicago. He doesn't really talk about it much, but
1: he hasn't admitted it, but he he, <laughs> no. did, he did say he shot at people. <laughs> He won't so, admit to killing anyone. No,
0: stop. He had We're not oh going to no.
1: implicate him on no, you.
0: No, uh, don't say that, Chris. Uh, with a water gun. <laughs> but my dad, so my dad doesn't really talk to us a lot about his past because my dad was a fucking rebel in his past. So I think it's a part of him he just doesn't want to share with his daughters. But when I get him in a good mood, like Chris and I will ask yes. him some questions and he'll be like, yeah, man, I was a little gangster. And like, so I know he was a little bit of a gangster. And my dad had you know, some not so good traits about him. And so they ended up moving to Georgia for a better life. And, and that's when my dad, you know, he worked in a restaurant for like seven years as a waiter. And then he pursued opening up his own restaurant. And, um, you know, he he, I think he knew he was going to get a level of success. But I I always growing up, I know that there was like a cap for him. Like there was only going to be so much that he was going to be able to achieve. And so, you know, growing up, in the restaurant, I was as I was typing this out. I remember um, specific little details because you know we would get these um, magazines at the restaurant that people would could read, and it's like you know those like magazines that either have like all the all the dealerships in your area or all the the real estate in your area. So I would look at them, and Chris knows I'm always drawn to the most fucking expensive thing without even knowing. What was it the other day that I was drawn to?
1: I'm not going to remember.
0: I think it was a McLaren or something. And I was like, I don't like this one. I like this one. And he was oh, like, yeah. Of course you do because it's the most expensive one. I was like, Well, I didn't know that. I'm just telling you, I like this one. And so it's like that with everything, with <laughs> everything. And so it just has always come naturally. So when I was younger um, and they would drop off these magazines, I would like pick them up and I would always look at the most expensive car. And I would always look at the most expensive house. And I specifically remember the houses, like I just always was attracted to them. I loved reading about them. And in my head, I was never like, I'm never going to get that. But I was never like, I'm going to have that one day. It was just more of like, I really love this and I'm attracted to this. And I hope that someday I can achieve this. Um, But I would look at the Lamborghinis and I would show my dad and be like, man, dad, these are so cool. I would love to have one. And my dad would be like, put that down. Like you're never going to get that. Like he would brush it off. And I will say my dad, it didn't stem from a place of like, he wanted me me to feel bad or think like she's maybe he did think she's never going to get that. But it wasn't from a place of like, he wasn't trying to make me feel bad. I think he was trying to make me be realistic in his eyes. Cause he was like, She's never going to get that. So I don't want her to get her hopes up. So anytime I would show him certain things like that, he would brush it off or like be like, and like look the other way and continue to like do, because it would be like when he was working in his office for his bookings and I was sitting next to him and then I would go show him and he would just kind of like roll his eyes and kind of brush it off. But like I said, I think it stemmed from like, a place of where he just thought that there was gonna be a cap for him. And thankfully, like with the restaurant, there was a period where we were making really good income. We bought this really I still remember this really, really nice house. And my parents still now have a really nice house with with land, but it was like the first like super nice house that we got. And I think that's when I feel that he started seeing that things could be better for him. But growing up, my dad never pushed me to be like this successful person like yeah he wanted me to work really hard and I think eventually he thought maybe I was going to take over the restaurant but he never was like I want you to own your restaurant one day or I want you to be a doctor or I want you to be successful it was more of like whatever career you choose I hope it goes well like there was never um anything said that an expectation for me I guess like to be honest, I just always set that expectation for myself. I, you know, took the hardest classes because thankfully, I will say I set that expectation for myself, but it was more when I met Chris because his expectation was so high that I wanted to level up and be like I wanted him to feel proud of me and like feel like his girlfriend was also trying. Oh. <laughs> and so, you know, I started taking the honor and AB classes and um, I started, you know, doing cross country and pushing myself more in those areas in school. And I was still working full time. But my parents never pushed that. And I, you know, like I said, I don't think there was ever um, anything said of like how successful I was going to be. They just like, I guess, hope that someday I was going to work a nine to five job. And my husband was going to take care of me.
1: I mean, even, yeah. I mean, your mom always told you find an office job. Yeah.
0: She always wanted me to just, my mom always just wanted me to chase an office job. And I will say that there wasn't much expectation from my mom either because my mom grew from like, she, I mean, she always told me, you know, you can be anything you want to be. She was very supportive, but my mom was very, very poor. So when she married my dad, she was just so appreciative of everything she had gotten. And like, even to this day, she just appreciates everything she has. And a lot of people are so shocked, like people from my mom's past, that she is where she's at today. And she, my mom actually deals with a lot of jealousy and hatred because my parents have been, you know, thankfully successful along the way. They obviously, People obviously don't know all these struggles that my parents have gone through, but there's been a lot of jealousy in my mom's end because my mom literally came from fucking nothing. Like she didn't have shoes on her feet. Like my mom couldn't even go to the store to get, like, a candy. Like, that's how poor my mom was. And so she just appreciated where she was. And for her, where she was was, like, a huge fucking deal. And that was, like, that my parents were, like, I guess, like, low middle class, right? No,
1: they were, in their prime, they were upper middle class. Okay, in their
0: prime, they were upper middle class. And
1: then also just to kind of go back on Jasmine's story, you know, there was this time where her dad was making pretty good income. Yeah. We were living in a very nice neighborhood in yeah. a very nice house, yeah, it's a house. but then things kind of went bad, yeah. you know, like his business started failing. And at that point in time, you know, me and Jasmine were starting to really get serious with the uh, online training and starting to make decent income. Mm. And I remember one time we told him that we really wanted this little Mercedes truck. Oh yeah. And he told Jasmine, he's like, you will never have a Mercedes. Yeah. You won't ever be able to afford that. Yeah. And I, it pissed me off. I remember it made me really mad that he said that. Because uh, just to go on, like, you know, the way that my my parents saw success is, they always told me I could be whatever the fuck I wanted to be. Um, I just have to work for it. And um, uh, where am I going with this? I
0: don't know. But I think I should have brought the tissue.
1: Uh, <laughs> is it right there? So, you know, a goal of mine was always to get that fucking Mercedes truck. Because Jasmine really wanted it. And... You know, we work towards that. And
0: well, I know you cry <laughs> when I cry, so I'm trying not yeah. to cry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, fuck. Fuck. And I just, I'm like thinking back and it's like, I know my dad didn't ever say that to like hurt me, but I think it was just like his standard. Like, cause you know. It's
1: you, his limiting belief. Yeah, he it's wasn't his a, limiting he belief. He wasn't able to achieve that in his lifetime. So he thought his, his own daughter wouldn't be able to. Yeah. And especially since all he saw from us was that we were just working from home. I don't think he ever realized that you could make the amount of money that we make just working off of a computer. Just because he had never seen that before. Right. So, you know, growing up, my parents said I could be whatever I wanted to be. They believed in me 100%. But they also didn't understand. I mean, social media was so brand new. They didn't understand any of that.
0: And I also think where we were raised, like, Dawn was so small. Yeah. Like, the rich people were literally... I, I they were I mean. rich
1: because they owned the factories or managed the factories. It was white people. I will say that. It was yeah. just
0: white people who were rich. Like In our town, you hardly see any other race rich. It's all white people who own the carpet factories or have stocks in oh, the now, carpet. You
1: know, now it's changing a little yeah. bit. There's yeah. more, entrepreneur, more entrepreneurs in our town yeah. that happen Nowadays, to be Hispanics yeah. that run little restaurants, cafes, whatever it may be. But it's changing. Back
0: in the day, it wasn't. That's what I meant. So like, yeah. I think the standard for us was... A little bit different but I know that your dad like even when I was with you like your dad was like you can be anything you want to be I just don't yeah I don't know if he thought that you were going to be as he accessible. thought I could be
1: anything I wanted to be in regards to going to college I think yeah. and he always believed that I would drive a Lambo that I would have a mansion Uh he would buy posters for me that specifically had Lambos and mansions that said Justification for a higher education. So he believed that I could be what I wanted to be through the educational system. So when I told him that I dropped out of college and I was going to pursue this training full time, like.
0: Dude, I was crying. They
1: were crying. They kind of like disowned me for like a couple months, my dad especially. But, you know, they came around.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but we were so young too. Yeah. Like, I, I completely mean, it understand scary. it. It was, it was scary. We were fucking 19. And when you're at that age, guys, you think everything is so easy and it's not. But thankfully, Chris and I have always been really realist. And we've worked so hard. Like Chris and I, when we decided to move out, we didn't ask for a loan. We, we've we never borrowed money from our parents. We never said, hey, we're, we're late on this bill. Can you help us out? Ever. Ever. We never did. We always figured out a fucking way. And that's why we have the tattoo that we have. We will find a way or we will make one because like there would be times where we literally barely had food on our, to eat in our fridge, but we didn't go in. Thankfully my parents had the restaurant. So we would go there sometimes And your mom would make food. And, but we were never like, Hey mom and dad, we're really struggling. We just fucking figured it out. But you know, I think once we started getting the success that we have now, I know at first your parents, I kind of hide my success a lot from my family. Um, It's, I don't know. I, I think that's something else.
1: Yeah, that's your know. issue. That's
0: my issue. Um, but, you know, your family at first when I started, like, I've never been like the type to post like what we get on social media. But like if I would take a selfie, my bag was like in the side. His aunt would screenshot it and send it to his mom. And then his dad would worry and be like, are y'all OK on money? Like, I see that Jasmine's buying these bags and blah, 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 blah Even though they didn't really see that. But because the bag was in the back and Chris would have to like reassure him, dad, if we're getting this, it's because we're good. We're good. And I will say, like, Chris is the type that we don't share the amount of income that we make or how much anything costs with anyone. I think, especially Chris, he's very, like, um, he. you just don't feel like it's anyone's business. And you just don't... Doesn't, you, doesn't
1: like, serve him a purpose. Doesn't
0: serve him a purpose. So his dad, to this day, they don't know how much we make, how much anything is, because Chris just, like, he'll be like, how much? And be like, eh, I don't remember. <laughs> we <We're> just, like, meet <laughs> around. My mom will be like... How much was the bag? I'm like, ah, Chris got it for me. And how much was it? I don't know. He got it for me on his card, even though we shared the same card. But I just like, it's like, I don't know. It's more one of those things where it's like, it's, I don't ever want to feel bad for getting the things that I get because I work so hard. And for a long time, you know, I struggled with it. I wouldn't buy myself something because I'd be like, well, I want to buy my mom that and my sisters that. And Chris was like, no, you work fucking hard. Buy yourself this bag because you've been blessing your ass and you deserve it. And so, you know, I will say going back to this success, I think our parents never really thought that at least your parents thought that you were going to reach a level of success. My parents didn't really think anything too much, but now that they see the level of success that we have, I think it's opened their eyes a little bit more. It's opened up
1: their eyes a lot. And I feel like even this last time that we went, like we had, we've already been living in the house for almost a year at this point. And they, they're like, they hadn't. They didn't know that I had gotten the yellow AMG that I have now. And someone said something, and your dad's like, Chris has a car? And they pulled up the oh, picture, and yeah. he was like, what the fuck? How much was this car?
0: Uh-huh.
1: And I said, oh, I don't remember. <laughs> He's like, this was definitely over a Over 100, there. yeah. I was like, yeah, maybe. I don't remember. <laughs> and he was like, I could tell that he was kind of blown, blown And it's away. funny
0: because he'll be like, I don't know. And then our friends will be like, we'll look it up he like, and be like, you spent this much money on it, or whatever. But yeah, your dad didn't. My dad didn't know. Like I said, I think you're. You tell your family more. I don't. My mom didn't know I had my car till. I,
1: I don't think they know that you have your car. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Have now? yeah,
0: yeah. I just told them the other day. Oh, like, well, okay. I told them. But yeah. So, but I think for them too. Like, I think the fact that we're at where we're at, and we've always had very like high beliefs for ourselves, and like I've told you guys, I feel like you can manifest whatever the fuck you want out of your life. And you know, I'm still reading the. Uh, get rich as fuck book by amanda francis but read that fucking book i i you need to read that book because it just showcases a way of your think it just showcases a a good way of thinking around money and how money comes into your life and and i think now that we're at the success that we are now our parents i think in a way we've kind of inspired them to chase more because i you know i feel like I'm constantly telling my parents to level up. I know that even with your family, I think there's times that they're still scared. Okay. Why your mom hasn't bought the car that she wants yet. But we kind of tell them like, Hey, like you can do it. You can do this. You should do that. But I think, you know, nowadays they see that it's possible if you work hard. I don't think they fully understand it yet. They obviously don't understand, like, it's different, guys, when you, you know, especially with my dad, he doesn't really understand what we do with the computer and the fact that we have free time and and things like that. But they, they trust that now that we know what we're doing, right? Yeah. So, but, you know, going back to, I, do you remember what you wanted to say about?
1: Yeah, so, uh, so we have a friend who owns a business and business is fairly successful. Last time we, I asked, they were generating six figures of income of like profit. But, you know, because of the way that he was raised, he was raised in a very Mexican household where you had to be working with your hands. You have to be working hours out of your day at a factory, wherever it is. This friend now also has a job. But, if it were me, I would double down on the business that's already making income. Figure out how to make it make more income where I'm not working as much. So, help me out with this, cause I don't.
0: So it's we were talking because this friend feels like he's still not doing enough, and he's okay. come from a really oh, yeah. small place too. Like he, you know, I don't want to give him up, but he's come from very, very. I don't want to say poor because I don't know, but <laughs> he's he's just grown so much and it was never expected him to be where he's at and own a, a business like he has so but for him when they talk about look like look how far you come he's like I can do more I can still do more
1: yeah and so by him thinking that he's doing more I feel like he's actually doing less because he could be making way more money with his business if he figures out how to make it more profitable expand uh acquire more monthly residual income yeah he could be making money in his sleep instead of having to go work in a factory and now his business isn't growing anymore and it's the same issue with when we were starting you know our parents were like go get a desk job go do this no we're doubling up on what we believe in what's already making money for us so that we don't have to go do that kind of shit right and it paid off for us yeah
0: no it did and i will say like you know we by all no means like this is their decision. And by yeah, no means is, am I a
1: financial advisor? This is
0: what they think is best for them. But it just, rem- you know, I wanted to talk to Chris about it. Cause it's like, it's still a cultural thing where he thinks it's not good enough because it's not, a he, it's He's not, not labor- busy. He's not busy. It's not doing a labor job, but it's like, you don't have to do a labor job anymore. You can, you know, you don't have to be busting your ass 24 hours a day. It's like what I said on Max's podcast. You don't have to fucking be posting. Oh, I'm up at 5am and I'm doing this and this and this and this, and I'm grinding all fucking day. You don't, unless you're some fucking CEO of some like big enterprise and shit and they need you all the time or like Christian who's running awfully and awfully, like you're going to have free time and that's fucking okay. It doesn't mean you're going to be less successful or it doesn't mean that you have a lazy work ethic. It just means that you're, you're using your time wisely and you're, you know, you're doubling down on things that need to be doubled down. But you know, I just, we wanted to really talk about that because as a culture, as a whole, I think things are changing and progressing, but. I want you girls, especially as Latinas, to feel like there's more for you to do, and as Latinos, that there's more for you to do than just this labor.
1: For sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I know that your parents probably grew up in construction and welding and farm work, whatever it may be, but think outside of that. There's so much more that you could do. You could, I mean, outside of school, you could start your own business. There's so many for women. You could, you could do nails from home, eyebrows from home. You could, freaking, uh, laminate. You could learn how to do uh fucking, what's it called? Permanent makeup. Like there's so many things you could do f- from just your home that you don't even have to have an overhead of rent of employees. Like there's so many opportunities right now to be successful. You can make your own fucking soaps at home. You're fucking, yeah. you can make fucking slime. Yeah. There's people out there making millions of dollars doing things that anyone could do. But just because they're not lazy and they, they take the time to learn marketing, to learn social media, you have to invest in yourself, and it's something that a lot of people don't do. They rather just sign up for a job, do it every fucking day, and just celebrate the weekend.
0: Yeah, and I think it's not—it's not always laziness. I think it's fear of failing, and it's like, yeah, okay, you fucking fail, so what?
1: We've have failed so many times. Yeah, There's so many times. So many time. things that we have tried and haven't worked out. There's so many things that we've lost money on, mm-hmm. but you know, take those as lessons and apply it to the next thing that you're going to and
0: do. keep growing keep learning keep keep going keep fucking going like not everything is going to work itself out um but if you have a feeling and and, and right now that that tiktok came to my mind if you have a feeling about something do it in that moment do it because that's where the your highest vibrations are at if you have this idea and something in your head is like you should do it you should do it do it then when the high the vibrations are high when you're like super focused on in that don't do it a month or two months later when it's like ah. Oh, I'm not really into it as much right now. Obviously, think about what you're gonna do. Don't drop a fucking shit ton of money on something that you haven't thought about. But when the vibrations are higher, you're more likely to succeed and invest. Really invest your time in. Um, but don't be scared. And I will say, like I know with our cult, like I said, with our culture, we we have a lot of limiting beliefs. But break out of those fucking limiting beliefs, guys. As Hispanics as a whole, we're fucking hard workers. We are fucking hard ass workers put that work ethic into something that's going to make you successful and it's going to make you happy it doesn't have to be the the hardest fucking job out there like i said put that work ethic into something that you love and can truly bring you success um so yeah that's exactly that's everything i wanted to cover is there anything and at know? the end
1: of the day you, you have to think fear is the opportunity to be better so if you're fearful of something conquer it and you're only going to be better by actually facing that fear yeah
0: I feel like there's still stuff that I'm fearful with, especially with me with social and media. And I try
1: making you get over it.
0: I mean, you do. I mean, it's you still make me get over it. I mean, for me, it's more of, like, fearful because I have to continuously put myself out there and I'm more, you know, it's different than, like, me failing. It's more of, like, the fear of, like, fuck, what are, what are people going to say and, like, all this stuff. But I just let it go. I try to do my best to let it go. But even me, guys, I'm... There's times that I'm fearful over certain things, but I just, I don't let that fear get in my way. I don't let that limiting belief get in my way. And I, you know, just trust that everything has a purpose and there's a plan for everything. So um, yeah, I just really wanted to cover this topic because I know that it could help a lot of people and just kind of give you guys an insight of our lives and how we were raised and how we've kind of thankfully, you know, how mended ourselves together. Because I think that if, you would have been different. I probably would have this old timey. I don't know. I'm very like stubborn in yeah, the way. Like I have my own way. Ain't of, no telling. Ain't no telling. But I'm very grateful for the way that life has worked out. So, yeah. Anything else?
1: Uh, I mean, I guess we're men. Let go of your ego. That's the biggest thing. You don't have to be a macho, macho, macho man to have respect. Uh, you know. My life is good. <laughs> my life is good
0: I got, my life is
1: real good
0: <laughs> all right guys well thank you guys so much for listening please share this podcast if um you enjoyed it that's the way that we can grow we're almost at 20k on instagram so if you're not following on instagram hit it up
1: big giveaway coming soon big
0: giveaway it's more so for the ladies but this fucking giveaway hey, girls
1: if a guy gets it you could resell this some bitch on eBay. Probably make two hundred k. Uh not two hundred k. What the fuck? You could make two hundred bucks easy. Flip
0: a flip. Yeah, um, yeah. You you honestly could, especially if you save um this product for Christmas time. Yep. Uh, you could definitely uh make my I don't even have this fucking product. Okay, so I will say this. I wanted this giveaway to be so good, and I'm not sponsored by this giveaway. And you're gonna have to follow the page to find out what it is. But
1: we, we were on a waiting list for this item.
0: I I don't have it. Okay. And so when I bought it, it hurt me because it was a big chunk of money, a big chunk of money. So I was like, "Ugh!" and Chris was like, what? I'm like, you're going to have to buy it because it is hurting me right now. So look on the Provocative Podcast at Instagram page for this giveaway because it's going to be a good one. And yeah, I just want to say thank you. We still have some merch available. So check out our website, JazzyFit.me under merch. And yeah, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. <laughs>
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be before you mm-hmm.